Hey, hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Believe it or not, I mean, I just looked. Uh, I recorded an episode in January, in April, and in July. This is a quarterly podcast, okay, folks? This is what we decided it was going to be for this year just now. Just now decided that. Uh, I have some plans to make 2021. Maybe, you know, I say this stuff and then it's like, who knows? You know, but my in my mind, what I want to do is move in the direction of getting back to uh, where I, things that I used to do when I started this podcast, which were more interviews with other people. I have really been enjoying listening to some podcasts that are more like people talking about their lives, more storytelling based. And I really enjoy it. I think that there's so, I've learned a lot of thing of just about all kinds of random information that I've gathered, which I like to do. I don't know if I'm just a weirdo in that way, but I like to hear people talk about their life experiences because I think there's a lot of learning that can happen, but maybe you're like, that's weird. Why would you want to learn and like hear about other people's mess? (laughs) Anyway, um, thanks for listening. 2020 has been a total shit show. We all know that. Um, but I thought I'd just do a recap of my year. I know I checked in in April and I checked in in July, like I said. Um, so I'm sure I covered some information about the year during those, uh, recordings. I will not be going back and listening to them because I'm lazy and I'm not taking the time to do that. Um, I uh, had dinner on Saturday night last week with my cousin Leah. Don't worry. We both are precautious. We checked in with each other to make sure everybody was healthy before we met. It was just me and my children and her and and two of her children. Well, one of them's an adult. so And her husband. And we were precautious. We had pizza whatever. Um, and she said, we were talking about, I was talking about podcasts and different ones that I listened to lately. And she said, where's your podcast? And I was like, I don't know. Where's yours? Aggressive. No. She said, how come we haven't heard you haven't recorded in a while? And I was like, I know because I got five kids and two jobs and I'm tired. No, honestly, the, I, I haven't recorded in a while because I haven't recorded in a while. And so it kind of just felt like, maybe this is done. Like maybe I'm closing this chapter of my life of having a podcast and that's okay. But the more her and I talked about it, the more I was like, man, I really do enjoy it. I've had thoughts about how to like actually do it in a more professional way as far as editing and, you know, having more people involved as far as, and that's what I was telling her. I said, I, I have been thinking about it for next year. Um, my life and my life is still chaotic, but at least I don't have a newborn right now. (laughs) So, you know, my kids are getting a little bit older, a little bit more independent. I've got a little bit more time. Um, so, and then she was like, she was, she was like, people don't even know you have a boyfriend. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it. I talked about him uh, in the few episodes that I recorded over the past year. But maybe not in too much detail. I don't know. Again, I'm not going back and listening, so I don't know what I talked about. Um, So, yeah, I am going to record this episode. Obviously, it's about a week two weeks before the end of the year and then I've got some days off from work obviously around the holidays so maybe I'll do a little I got a laptop okay I got a new laptop it's not the fancy it's dumb but uh, you know maybe I'll do a little research figure out if there's a better platform uh, for me to be recording on so that I can maybe do some editing uh, 
whatever that looks like. Uh, but that was always kind of the, you know, that was always kind of the appeal of this podcast to me is that I didn't have to edit. There was no additional responsibilities. It was just run my mouth and post, run my mouth, <laughs> post it. But I do know that there have been times where I'm like, man, I wish I could just cut that whole section out because I was just rambling. I was distracted. I mean, you know, my thoughts were not put together well enough, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And maybe we'll come up with a, a more consistent schedule for 2021. Everybody else is posting every week new episodes. And I just don't know that that's the level of commitment that I can uh, get on board with. Because that's a lot. That's a lot. It's not even that it's a lot. It's just a lot to come up with a time or like designate the time. Anyway, I have the time. I'm driving right now for an hour. That's why I'm recording. So... If you're new here, let me introduce myself. I know it's been a while. My name's Samantha. I'm 38, flirting with 40, about to be in the middle of my life. Are you kidding me? Uh, And I am a single mom to five children, like a real idiot. My oldest son is 14. I can't even believe that. My oldest son is four years away from being an adult. Yesterday, he was sneaking Cheez-Its before dinner, even though I told him we were about to eat dinner. Like, he's... I don't know what to do with him. How is he going to be an adult in four years? I don't know. He's a genius. Super smart. He's taking college classes. I yell at him a lot about doing his work and getting his grades and, and making sure he's doing well in school. And, and every time that I get his report card, he's got like a 98% in every class. So I guess, <laughs> I don't know if, if I just stopped harping him, if that would still happen. In my mind, when I see that report card and he has all A's, I feel a lot of pride in myself for not giving up and for continuing to nag him because... I will continue to, I will always tell myself that the reason that he's done well is because I nag him as much as I do. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure it has everything, to, nothing to do with that and everything to do with the fact that he's just ridiculously smart. Uh, he is, uh, uh, does some sports and he's awesome. He's a cool kid. Uh, my next child is nine years old. Her name is Clara and she is, uh, crazy and drives me crazy she's exactly like me except for the fact that she's completely artistic and I tell her that she's like born in the wrong era she should era she should have been a hippie she's just like let me just get let me literally just lay out for you uh something that happened over the past week that will really give you some insight into her personality and what I'm dealing with Okay, let me tell you two stories, actually, what I'm dealing with with this child, nine years old. Story number one, her and her sister, which is my next oldest child, that's four, they're upstairs playing, which is a new thing that I love. Please feel free to be upstairs playing. Thank you, God. They're finally old enough to be out of my sight and not burn my house down or, like, color on the walls with Sharpie. Uh, and so they're upstairs playing and they're kind of coming up and down, but I don't really see them. They're going in the playroom. Um, and so I'm like, you know, it seems like everything I check in every once in a while. Y'all okay. You're not making slime on my carpets or anything dumb, right? Yeah. Okay. And so then Clara, um, comes down very excited, very proud of herself to let me know that she built a contraption over Mia's bed. Mia has a four-post bed, four-post twin bed. Um, she built a contraption to hold a flashlight over Mia's bed so that she'll have more light in her room. Because Mia's favorite thing to do is to wake up all through the night and come out of her bed and turn on the light in the hallway. Even though she has two night lights in her room, She's recently decided that she's terrified of any amount of dark. Uh, and so she has to have this hall light turned on and it drives me crazy. You know, I got my, uh, DPNL, which is our Dayton Power and Light electrical, electric company provider. I got my yearly report, 
uh, to lay out like where all my electricity is going. Would you believe I have a four story house, like full basement, full attic, four story, five bedroom, gigantic, ridiculous. My highest electric usage was lighting. I blame my, I blame my four year old leaving that stupid hall light. Joke's on her because I bought these fancy lights at Costco last week that, uh, I haven't, I'm not, I gotta wait for my boyfriend to come over and put them in because I'm not tall enough and I don't feel like dying. It's right at the top of the stairs and as soon as I set up a stool to change that light bulb, you know I'm falling down the stairs. Like, it's just a guarantee. So I gotta have him put this light bulb in, but, uh, oh, I can turn it off with an app on my phone. <laughs> I can't wait. She's gonna be, I gotta hear pitter-patter, pitter-patter, run into the light switch and I'm gonna be like, what's up now? Click on my phone. Off. I don't even have to get out of bed and do it. I'm so excited. Um, it also can change colors. You can change the colors on it. It's real super fancy. Anyway. So, she's decided that she, so she built this contraption. She tells me, she built this contraption. She said, I, I tested it. It doesn't fall. It's really strong. It's really durable. And I was like, Mm, feels like a mess feels like a bad idea however I'm not getting up to go investigate it right now but I will look at it when I go upstairs and take everybody to bed when I got up to her room it looked like a wedding from the early 90s had exploded in there with the, with the sheer volume of tool multicolored tool that was just Slewn about all over the room. She took tool and wrapped it all around all four posts of her bed to make like some type of a ghetto canopy on the but on the sides. Oh, and then she, she didn't mention the fact that she also decorated this this thing. Then she took pieces of tool and hung it down uh, windmill style off the sides with some pipe cleaners shoved in the bottom so those were hanging down now as far as the light contraption goes what it actually was was a so she did some tool across the top and then she hung some down if you follow along with this i should make a diagram and like put it on my descriptions or something because it's, it's i know it's difficult to follow along with but just keep up she hung some down in the middle and then she basically took a ton of tool and wrapped it around a flashlight so essentially when when my four-year-old that's just my boyfriend telling me that he's thinking about me because he's nice and he knows that I need that because I'm insecure <laughs> anyway we'll talk about that later um let me turn off my sound so I don't get any more texts while we're talking yeah, um, it's a flashlight hanging down in the middle of her bed. So, wrapped in tool, by the way. So, I'm just, like still, like as I'm seeing this whole contraption and mess, I'm still just like, this, ow, this child. Like the school tells me that she's gifted. And sometimes I'm just like, are you sure? Are you sure I want to take that test again? Like, I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, I feel like it might not hurt to just... <laughs> Just run her through the run her through the test one more time, just to double check on what's going on up there. She's so proud of it, though. I just I couldn't even I couldn't shoot her down. She's so happy. So then me, my four year old gets in her bed. She lays down. She's she's so excited too. She loves it. Her big sister made this for her, and I'm just steadily confused. So then she's like, "Turn on the light. Turn on the light. Look at it. Look at it." I turn this flashlight on. It looked like she was doing a solo performance, but trying to sleep. This flashlight did a full-on spotlight directly on her face. And you got to remember, it's hanging down, so it's like six inches from her face. Flashlight beam directly on her face. And she's supposed to sleep like that. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what to do. I don't know what... This doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like there's any way that you're going to be able to sleep with this shining directly bright on your face. So eventually I came up with the uh, excuse that it was a fire hazard. 
I don't really know if a flashlight can catch tool on fire, but everybody seemed to go for that. My kids are terrified of fire, which is a good thing. So I basically was like, sis, this is so cool. You did this for your sister. I love it, but um, we can't be having a flashlight wrapped up in six layers of tool left on all night. Like, and we're going to burn the house down. So we can't be doing that. And the four-year-old went for it too. She was like, yeah, that makes sense. So we had to turn it off. But the tool's all still there. And it's so annoying. It gets caught on everything you want. Anyway, it's a mess. Uh, so that's one story. This is. I'm just trying to give you a picture of this child. Second story. Yesterday, I was home all day for the first time in a, in a long time that I can remember. My two-year-old, who was actually three today, bless his heart, he, like, randomly started running a fever. No other symptoms. No other anything. He had a COVID test. It was negative. Don't worry. Uh, so, he just has this fever. So, yesterday, I was like, I'm going to keep him home. And then, you know what? I'm just going to keep the baby and keep my four-year-old home because why not? I love paying for daycare. And then all of my kids are sitting at home with me. <laughs> That's what I love to do. So... Um, so I had this whole day of like, not a lot of work to do. I had a couple things I needed to do and, but my house is just a dumpster fire. Always just trashed, dirty, disgusting, like just needs cleaned always. And I, I was telling my boyfriend last night, I was like, I know you think that I'm just a dirt bag and that's okay. Cause on some levels I am. But I, on, on a lot of levels, I'm not. On a lot of levels, like, I just don't have time. And it sucks. And I need to hire, like, somebody to come clean my house. But I'm also embarrassed to even have somebody come in and clean my house because it's so cluttered. And so yesterday, I spent a lot of time just throughout the day when the kids are napping or they're watching a movie or whatever. We watched, like, at least six movies all day. Um, just cleaning, putting laundry away, folding laundry, organizing vacuuming, mopping, sweeping, blah, blah, And one of the things I did was completely clean up uh, my two youngest boys, Max and Finn, share a bedroom. I completely cleaned up their room, which literally wasn't a lot because they don't really have anything in there. They've got a, a, a three-drawer toy chest that actually is with Charlie, so it has, like, some leg. It's not even anything they really play with, but that's where it's going to stay for now because their room is big and it fits in there, but... Uh, so it has that in there, and then it has, uh, they basically, the main thing was they had a bunch of clothes that needed to put away. I did that. You know, picked up some stuffed animals, made their beds, changed sheets, whatever. So the room, their room was spotless. So when my, uh, when Clara, my nine-year-old, gets home from school, and she wants to go upstairs and play, or this was after dinner, actually. She wants to go upstairs and play with, uh, her sister. Uh, again, as you, as I already mentioned, I'm like, yes, please go ahead. <laughs> if it's not across my mind, because the thing with Clara is that she has a radar for clean spaces and it really bothers her and she needs to destroy and, and, and destruct that clean space. She will find the cleanest room in the house and go above and beyond to make it a mess. Uh, and so the thought crossed my mind as she was leaving, walking out of the room and going upstairs. Maybe I should tell her to stay out of the boys' bedroom because I know she wants to make a mess in there because it is clean. And then I thought, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything because why would she even go in there? There's not even anything in there to play with. So how could she even? Oh, listen, I go upstairs to tell them it's time to go. We got to take my oldest son to swim team. Would you believe that this child has managed to bust out every single Lego out of that three drawer toy chest and has it just strewn all over the room that I had just cleaned? I fell out. I fell out. I was like, I knew it. I knew I should have said something. I knew I should have said something because I knew anyway. <laughs> That's her. She stays a mess. Yesterday I was cleaning her room. I found approximately 50 
uh, candy wrappers under her bed. I mean, she stays a mess. She is super smart. Uh, she's very creative. I love her like crazy, but she's, uh, um, no buts. I love her like crazy. She makes me crazy. That's just what we do. That's just our relationship. She's so funny. She's real goofy. She loves, she's this empathetic, most empathetic person I know. She loves people. She feels things real deep. Um, and she's, she's amazing. She's gonna, I don't know what she's gonna do. I haven't really, like, I haven't really landed on, like, her, uh, career, you know, or what, what I think she maybe would, would fall into. She's been saying, <coughs> artist, and, uh, she's been saying, so she said social worker for years. Um, but anyway, I don't know. And then I've got Mia, who's four, Max, who, like I said, just turned three today. And then I have the baby, who, believe it or not, is already a year old. I know I talked about him in some of in my other episodes this year. Um, and they're doing their thing. I mean, Mia goes to preschool now. She's pretty ramped up about that. She got into the, ex- she got into the exclusive. <laughs> it's not exclusive. It's just they... There's uh, there's one preschool that takes like four students, and uh, there's you know five thousand people in our in our town. <laughs> so it's uh, <clears throat> they run it on a lottery, and somehow she managed to get picked. Uh, she was a preschool. She uh, loves Frozen. That's the only thing she really cares about. You, I ask her, what do you want for Christmas? Elsa stuff. Now here's the thing though, she loves Frozen, but she's real uh, mean. She don't like Anna. She don't like anybody else. To the point that she has a body pillow in her bed. And on the front of it, it says like sisters or something. And then it has a picture of Elsa and a picture of Anna. She'll fall out of her bed because she will refuses to lay her head on Anna. How dare you? (laughs) I've told her, you need to scoot over. You're going to fall to your bed. Because the Elsa, you know, is on the, the edge. And then the Anna's towards the wall you need to scoot over you're gonna fall out of your bed i i don't i can't i don't want to lay on anna uh, okay i don't all right whatever <laughs> she loves elsa with every bit of her heart and she she basically is her if you see her she looks like elsa she's got white blonde hair it's curly we gotta straighten it if she really wants to be elsa but uh she's got big blue eyes she's gorgeous max is three today still has a fever bless his heart i don't know what he's got going on but a little motrin helps him to not feel as as terrible my sitter she had a good point she's like i don't have any other kids here today anyway and as far as i'm concerned like we've already been around him and your kids obviously are already around him like if he has anything that's contagious we've already been around it so you might as well just bring him so that you can work and, you know, if it gets any worse, obviously I'll call and let Anyway, so that was super awesome of her because I do have work that I need to do today. And so that was a big help. Um, he is wild and crazy and is a boy and has to be kept at a very short leash. He does get a little bit of freedom to go upstairs and be with his sister sometimes when they're playing. But it's like an every five-minute check-in of where's Max. I can't tell you, if I had a a dollar or even a quarter for every time that I say, where's Max, I'd have a lot of quarters because (laughs) he's always kind of wandering off and doing his own thing, getting into stuff. Uh, Speaking of Sharpies on the wall, one day last, two weekends ago, I think it was, he and Mia, the four-year-old, were in the playroom and I was like, they're being way too quiet. I had this moment, you know, and if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, where you're like, they're being way too quiet, but I'm also really enjoying this quiet. So do I go find out what's going on, or do I just let it happen and just appreciate the fact that it's quiet for a few minutes? <laughs> So I decided to investigate, and Max had a red Sharpie with no lid on, uh, lid, lid unknown, where the lid was. Somehow, I don't know how, I don't know if I just caught him as soon as he picked, I don't know. He had not yet written on anything, uh, in the room. And then they also had a bag of slime that they had found from my 
nine-year-old, I'm sure that's a shocker that she just makes slime and leaves the bags laying all over the place. They found a bag of slime and had dumped it out on the floor and were enjoying that throughout the room. So that's kind of his style is just like being destructive and being kind of wild. Um, he's so sweet. He is, he's the kid who like constantly out of nowhere will tell me how much he loves me. It's the cutest thing in the world. Um, we were looking at pictures of him last night. You know, I got, like sorry, I mentioned I got my new laptop and I loaded all my pictures off my phone on there, which is like 20,000 pictures. And so I was able to like buy the dates, you know, go back and look at when he first came and my goodness, he was four pounds, two ounces, definitely should not have left the hospital. And they just gave him to me and said, good luck. Uh, projectile vomiter for at least the first six, nine months of his life. Uh, just, just but a good baby. I mean, good baby other than that. Cutest little thing. Always had red hair. Red hair, red long hair from the get-go. Just adorable. But. And then the baby is, uh, we call him Finn. That will be his name forever because he is going to be adopted by me. Um, those things have kind of come together over the past couple of weeks with court and legal and, um, you know, he is technically still in foster care right now, but we're moving forward with my adoption licensure and getting everything settled as far as that goes. His, the CASA, which is a, a court-appointed special advocate, Connie is her name, Connie. She takes her job very seriously. Uh, sometimes it makes me crazy, but for the most part, it's been very helpful. But she, um, you know, she went to the most recent court hearing and then immediately texted me kind of what the outcome was afterwards and uh, you know I said that's really sad I feel bad for his mom and I feel you know it's sad that it's come to this and she said um, she said you have more compassion than I do and the thing is I don't know that that's true that I have more compassion than anybody but I just know like these women you know this mom is pretty young I just know that in the next maybe 10, 15, 20 years, there's going to come a point where she's going to be very devastated about losing this child. If not, I mean, maybe she's experiencing that now. I don't get that vibe. I don't get that vibe from her Facebooks. Um, but I, I mean, who knows? Not like everybody puts their deepest, darkest feelings on Facebook ever. Uh, but I mean, I just, I just know that there's loss. Um, and I feel bad. I feel bad that it came to this. I feel bad for for the for him. I feel you know. I feel this for all three of my youngest that are going to be you know adopted or going to be adopted. Is how do you explain to a child? And I don't know the answer to this. So if somebody does, please let me know. But <clears throat> how do you spell, how do you explain to a child that uh, your mom's visited with you for the first five months of your life? But then when it got a little bit of, it got a little bit hard because of this pandemic, she bailed. She bailed and she never saw you again. Like, how does that not, I mean, I'm hoping that I can instill, like, just this deep security and confidence in my love and attention and care for them that they, it won't affect, you know, them as much. But, it, I mean, it's going to affect them and it's sad for me to think about having to explain kind of how things went down, you know, to all three of them as they get older, but anyway, that's me, that's my kiddos, uh, and that's what we're doing. I'm working right now, uh, still in home health care and hospice care. I'm also, um, humble brag, getting ready to start running my own private practice as a therapist. Can you believe that? Can you believe that I convinced an agency to hire me on to tell other people how to live their lives? Just let that soak in for a second. I'm a freaking mess. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I've wanted, you know, for a long time, or this will be my eighth year of doing home health care, and I'm kind of over it. I'm tired of driving. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love the flexibility. I love the schedule. I love the work. 
But just the driving and being out and being in people's houses and stuff, I'm kind of over that. So this was an opportunity to not only <clears throat> kind of get some learning in as far as doing therapy and it's all teletherapy because there's no COVID, it's just shut everything down and you got to do everything over the, over the computer anymore. <laughs> so I'll tell a therapy, it's going to give me an opportunity to get some experience doing therapy. And then also my supervisor is going to start tracking my hour or it has been tracking my hours. So I'll be working towards my next level of licensure which is going to help me just to make more money and have more flexibility. And hopefully just my goal, the, the end goal is to just ride straight into retirement, sitting in a big plush chair with bifocals and a pad of paper and just really spewing or listening, telling people how to live their lives. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Bill them about 250 an hour to do it. No, I don't know about that, but... I'm excited about that opportunity. That's going to be starting up hopefully next week. Maybe not. I don't know. Holidays have kind of screwed everything up and all this billing crap. I got to get set up and LLCs and NPIs and Medicaids and all this weird stuff. I got to get going, but that's what I'm doing. So am I working three jobs right now? Yeah. Bet your ass I am because that's what I do. It's called a hustle. Okay. It's also called adult ADHD, but we've already talked about that before. That's what it is. Should I tell this story? I feel like I should tell this story because this might help somebody. This might help somebody who's listening. And, I, and I've wanted to, like, in some way share this story. Um, because I think that it could, there could be one person or somebody that could be helpful with. So I'm going to share it. It's not anything that I'm embarrassed about or that's personal. Um, but I think it could be helpful for somebody. And, and you know what? I got nothing better to talk about. So let me share it. Hold on. Okie doke. <clears throat> Just took a drink and it went straight into my sinuses. No good. Hold on. It's, uh, it's not. Okay. Oh, wait. Yep. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I might have to pause it and get another drink because still kind of lingering on the choke factor. <clears throat> Anyway, so about a year ago, the baby was, you know, a month or so old, and I ran to the Dollar General with him and my nine-year-old, and at that point, obviously, he's still wake. I'm still waking him up all night. I've got four other kids I'm juggling, you know, I'm working, whatever. Christmas is coming up, got a lot going on, and I, um opened the door and she got out it was cold obviously I got out and we walked into the store and I got into the store opened the door and realized I didn't I don't have a baby with me <clears throat> now before somebody gets all hyper and starts calling my caseworker I wish they already are fully aware of this story and it was literally four seconds okay I turned right back around walked out <clears throat> got him was crying upset you know he was asleep he was a baby he was asleep he didn't know nothing it's not like he was froze or anything man was still warm okay it was barely even turned off but what it did was it made me acknowledge that <clears throat> for a long time I had had some things going on as far as uh, with focus and memory and mostly focus that I just, I had, I had to acknowledge and had to talk to my doctor about because it was, you know, if I'm leaving kids in the van, even if it is just for a split second, it's not okay. I had, you know, throughout my adult life, I think I had struggled with ADHD and, but just kind of managed it. Like, managed it by being very structured by keeping a really you know consistent schedule by being very disciplined and just you know managed it but obviously in that moment I realized like what I'm doing is not enough it, it, it very well could have just been you know obviously over exhaustion and whatever but <coughs> oh gosh sorry about that um so I also, during that time, and I've, I've talked about this before, where I've, I've, I've struggled forever with chronic fatigue and, 
and was having a, quite a bit of difficulty. But again, you know, obviously when you're up all night and then turning around and working all day and doing kids' activities all evening, like, you're going to be tired. That's just, a, that's pretty well standard, standard protocol with having a newborn. Um, and, you know, I don't get maternity leave. So I literally get a baby and then three days later I'm back to work. And I'm, but I'm definitely still doing all of the up all night, taking care of a baby things, but also still working. Um, so I go to my doctor. It's like the end of the year. I tell her all this stuff. She's like, look, based on what you're telling me, I think you might have narcolepsy. And I was like, don't you put that on me. You can't be putting narcolepsy on my chart. I said, uh, I don't think I have narcolepsy because I, I don't have any problem staying awake. I also don't have any problem going to sleep anywhere at any time of the day. But I think I'm just exhausted from having this baby and all these kids and stuff. But, um, and don't you dare put that on my chart. She said, okay. <clears throat> she said, I do think you have adult ADHD. So the good news is the medication to treat ADHD is the same medication that I would prescribe to treat narcolepsy. So we're going to just, I think she wrote like uh, sleep disturbance. <laughs> Or something as the reason, you know, for the prescribed medication. Because I also told her, like, I'm not totally comfortable. She's a nurse practitioner. She does a good job. But I was like, I'm not totally comfortable with you even putting ADHD on my chart. Because you're not a psychologist. That's a mental health diagnosis. And, you know, it's a pretty standard diagnosis that doctors, primary care doctors and <clears throat> things can give. But I was like, look. She said, okay, well, I'll just do sleep disturbance. And then we'll, we all, what we know is what that means. We know what it means. It means uh, you more than likely, you know, possibly have narcolepsy, but you definitely have ADHD, whatever. So I start taking this medication. It is a uh, controlled, is it a controlled? I don't know what it is. It, it, essentially, it has the potential to be addictive. has the potential to be abused. Uh, and so I told her, she was like, you know, if I prescribe this, you're going to have to come in and get, uh, do urine screens. And I was like, yeah, yes, please. Like I have an addictive personality. I'm highly likely to be addicted to something and to abuse it. I've had issues with that my whole life. So absolutely, please like bring me in here every week. I don't care. Um, so she scheduled me for a monthly, was it monthly or bi-monthly? Anyway, basically, the, my first couple of appointments that were scheduled for me to go in and be checked, <clears throat> make sure that my dosage levels were right and all that was taking it right, happened right around the start of COVID. And so, essentially, my, you know, the doctor's office called and was like, we're going to cancel this. Is everything okay? You're taking the medication? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm taking it as prescribed. You know, no problems. So then finally, when it got around to the point of like, they're actually seeing patients, you know, I was due for a physical. So they're like, well, when you come in and do your physical, we'll go ahead and just plan on doing this urine screen to make sure this medication is still, you're still doing what you're supposed to do with this medication. Okay, great. I took the, I took the medication at 9 a.m. My appointment was at 930 the very first thing that I do, because it's on my chart that that's something I need to do, is go to the bathroom and do a, you know, pee in the cup. She comes in to me, you know, I'm have my physical or whatever, and she says, um, the medication is not showing up in your urine screen. Kind of like, you know, kind of suggestive, like, did you actually, she's like, did you remember to take it? I said, yeah, I took it, you know, I took it a half hour before I came in here. And she said, have you been taking it? Yeah, absolutely. I take it every single day. Okay. Well, she said, we're going to send it off uh, for a more in-depth testing because sometimes if it doesn't show up here in our, like, just basic test, you know, we'll send it off. It'll show up in the more in-depth testing with the lab, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So, she does, does that. Then I get this call from their office saying, <clears throat> we sent it off to the lab for more in-depth testing. It still did not. It still was not. It's not in your system. I said, uh, the hell it's not. I take it every single day. I took it that morning on my way in. Um, I definitely take it and whatever. And so then there was like this, this, uh, kind of air, like this little feeling of like suspicion around me. Like, um, I, and the doctor or the nurse practitioner that I see did actually at one point say to me, 
Um, is there anybody in your life that you're giving this medication to? Are you involved in anything as far as selling this medication to anyone? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why would I risk? Ever? No, first of all, no, absolutely not. Second of all, do you, like I'm literally in here for a physical for my foster care license. And I know people do stupid stuff and I know people get caught up in stupid stuff. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility for that to be something that was going on. But give me a break. Like, you know that, you know that I'm in here. I'm a foster parent. Why would I, why would I ever risk, you know, that what, 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 to make a couple dollars off of selling a medications, whatever. I don't even know. And, and here's the other thing. I don't even know how to, well, how would I even go about doing that? I don't know anything. I don't know anything about, I'm, I'm the most naive person in the world. Anyway. So I tell this doctor, I'm like, she's like, we can't prescribe you this medication anymore. Essentially, um, if you want to have it prescribed, you're going to have to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to have it prescribed because we cannot prescribe it to you anymore. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's whatever. Fine. Here's the thing though. What's going on in my body? Because I'm, I, no matter what you're saying to me, I know that I'm taking this medication. Uh, so what's happening in my body that it's not showing up in my system at, even after I take it. We don't know. We don't know. That was the response I got. We don't know. Um, and I said, well, can you send me to someone who may know or may be able to explain this to me or find out, like, are my kidneys broke? Is something wrong? Is there something I need to be concerned about? We don't know. We don't, we don't know anything. Okay. So I got off this phone call and I'm crying and I'm upset. I hate this. Like uh, I can hear the tone in the voice, like this questioning tone towards me. I hate, I hate that that's like hanging over my head. This, you know, whatever that in my doctor's office, that there's any question about like my morality or integrity. And I, that's all internalized for me. Like I feel that whether they felt what they were thinking that or not, whatever, but I can kind of hear, you know, I hear the stone or I perceive a tone. And so in true fashion of what I do, which is a terrible personality trait is even though I'm very upset and I'm, I want justice and I want to know what's going on. I do nothing. I do nothing for a lot of months. Uh, I had intentions of maybe changing doctor's offices and trying with another doctor, but I thought then it's just going to look like I'm doctor hopping and then there's going to be more suspicion. And so I just did nothing. I did nothing for a lot of months. Well, as to be expected, my symptoms obviously returned and I continue to have the same, I had started having the same issues of chronic fatigue and focus difficulties and blah, blah, blah. So I finally worked up the nerve to call back into the office and say, look, I want to schedule an appointment to just to have a actual face-to-face discussion with, with this nurse practitioner about what's going on. Like I, I want to, I want to figure out what's going on in my body. Cause I know I'm taking this, but I don't, I don't care what you're, and then, so then they try to tell me we called and talked to the lab technician who said the only explanation for this medication not being in your system is that you're not taking it and I'm said and I said well I'm telling you there has to be another explanation because I am taking it okay so they appease me they schedule me an appointment even though they're like there's nothing we can do like you're not we're not going to prescribe it to you anymore that's it what that's it it's over so I come up with this plan that I'm going to propose to this nurse practitioner, I still like, once they told me that it wasn't in my system, I stopped taking it. I still had like 10 pills left because I'm thinking, what's going on? Like, what is it? What is this? Is this medication doing something to me? Is my body not able to process it? Or maybe, I don't know. So I stopped taking it. So I still had like 10 pills. So my plan is I'm going to, um, I'm going to propose to this nurse practitioner that I take this medication. I just turned the wrong place. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I take this medication in front of her, in the office, in the room with her, and then I will wait for the designated 30 minutes or whatever, give a urine sample, and then we go from there. I, that, that was my proposal. She was skeptical. 
she just said, I don't know. You know, like, we've already done this. You already said you took it the last. I said, I know. But look, I want you to see me taking this pill. And I want to know maybe there was an error. Maybe there was an error with the lab results. Maybe there was an error with the blah, blah. So she finally agrees. So I do, I do exactly that. I take the medication uh, right there in front of her. And I wait. I pee in a cup. <coughs> Won't you know that not even a couple of hours later, you know, I leave. I get a call directly from the nurse practitioner this time saying, I don't understand it, but it's not in your system. And I was like, I told you. <laughs> I told you. So, apparently, despite the fact that I'm a fat kid, I have some type of something to where my metabolism, when it comes to processing chemicals, is very high. And so, her prediction or her explanation was that I'm taking this medication and my body metabolizes it very quickly which is why it does not show up in my system. She, you know, I still was like, do I have a tumor on my kidney? (laughs) Like, what's wrong with me? I still was kind of like pushed the issue of making sure there wasn't anything else that was going on that would cause it. She ran it by a bunch of other doctors and specialists and blah, blah, blah. And there was really no other reason to pursue any other testing and you know and that was pretty well the explanation which she said you know that thank you very much that I was right to pursue um you know that information because now you know in the future if I ever have to be prescribed a medication it will be important you know any other medication it'll be important for me to to be able to share that and know that um, when it comes to you know, maybe something that's more important, like heart medication, that will keep me alive. (laughs) Like I need to know, I need to, you know, know that that's something that my body does. So anyway, I want, I don't even know why I'm sharing this. I wanted to share the story. Like I said, I've thought for a while, like there has to be a way for me to share this with people because I wonder if this has ever happened to anybody else. But, um, I guess the main thing that I felt really proud of myself afterwards because I hate confrontation. I hate even really, like, I will advocate for anybody and everybody in the world. But when it comes to advocating for myself, I'm more likely to just roll over and be like, okay, yeah, like, this is just what it is. Everything sucks. I'm not, I'm used to it. Fine. Um... But I was really proud of myself in that situation that I pushed the envelope as far as advocating for myself and, and pushing this nurse practitioner to listen to me, which she did. And I was so thankful for, and to take a chance in pursuing the possibility of another explanation. I told her, I was like, you better call that lab. So this doesn't happen to somebody else. And somebody else doesn't walk away from a situation like this feeling bad. You better call that lab and tell them that there is actually a potentially another explanation for why a medication isn't in somebody's system. Um, so that's that, you know, I guess the main thing is I always say, like, like I said, if you have, health, physical health, mental health, you know, things that are going on, you know, the one thing that I've tried to do this year and I've done okay with, not great, not great, mostly because of COVID, but I've done okay with, and I've made efforts with is addressing health concerns that I have instead of just writing them off and not taking them seriously. Um, I, and I don't have anything that's like concerning, but I mean, like even as you get older and uh, you know, checking things out and having physicals and having blood work and, you know, talking to your doctor about things that you have going on and addressing, you know, symptoms as you have them. Um, but also just really making a point to advocate for yourself, to take the time to speak up, to push with, for what you believe is the right thing or what you believe you need. 
Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to go somewhere else to a different doctor because I don't have time for that. But I'm <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't have to do that and that the doctor that I have or the nurse practitioner that I have was willing to listen and to, to kind of go along with my harebrained idea. But anyway, so take it for what it, what it is. And, uh, you know, if anything like that's ever happened to you, um, hopefully you can know that there are other explanations um, that's what it is. So outside of that, uh, you know, made it through the year almost in a pandemic, which is stressful for everybody. Um, I think the thing that I've said and my boyfriend has said is that, you know, this year has been so hard for so many people, but for he and I, um, it's definitely been hard and we've had a lot of changes and things and, and things that have happened, but he and I have both been so very fortunate that we've been able to maintain our jobs. We've been able to continue to work full time. Um, he has had, he had one incident of having to quarantine for a period of time because of exposure, but in an entire year, that was the only time I've had obviously every day exposure, um, but have not had thankfully praise God, knock on wood, whatever you do, have not had any, um, you know, symptoms or had any worries about being positive for COVID or anything. <clears throat> but we are, I think both of us, um, have kind of acknowledged that God definitely brought us together, um, at the very exact right time. Um, we met, we had our first date, the first week of January this year, um, and have continued to date, you know, through the entire year. And I think that it's just crazy to think like, what would our relationship look like if it were not for COVID? Um, and I, I think because of COVID, we have had to be creative about time that we spend together and what that looks like. And also not even COVID. I mean, we have eight kids between us. So like, trying to figure out, you know, and making each other a priority. Um, but also with COVID, you know, there's just been, it's not like we can, there's not a lot of activities. We can't, you know, we can hardly go to restaurants. Um, you know, it's just different. It's been really different, but I think having each other and having his support and having, um, you know, his friendship and his companionship and, um, has just been really, um, has made this year as hard as it's been has made it a really special year for both of us. So <clears throat> I'm so thankful for him and he's great. And we, I want to talk about our relationship more because there have been a lot of things that have gone down and a lot of things that I have learned and that we have learned together. Um, and even like, I just, <clears throat> you know, when he texted me a few minutes ago, to say that he was thinking about me, um, you know, that is real. I do believe that he thinks about me through the day and we've talked about that. Um, but I also, I think that I'm so thankful that in this relationship, there are things that are, are so different from what I've ever experienced. That is a, him texting me is a result of me sharing with him how insecure I am in our relationship, not necessarily because of him, but because of me and what I've come from in my past. And so when I say things to him, now I know this sounds crazy, but just hang in there with me. When I say things to him, he responds. <laughs> and most of you are like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> For me, like I've never experienced normal. I've never experienced that. Um, if anything, like my experience has been, I express something that I need or I express something that's bothering me and I'm told that I'm crazy and I need to get over it. That's been my response. That's been my experience. So for this to, you know, for that to be the case of, I say to him, you know, I'm insecure or it, it's hard for me when I don't hear from you, or it's hard for me to feel confident in our relationship when, we don't have regular communication or regular check-ins and for him to say, okay. And then, and then to turn around and take action and do things to help me to feel secure. And it's just been really, um, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up today, but 
I want to definitely make it a point to check in and, and talk more about the things that I've learned and the things that have been different with our relationship and how, um, there's just been a, you know, for both of us, we both came out of marriages and, um, you know, had expectations and had things that we wanted. And, um, so there's been a lot of things that we've had to work through, but we've been able to do that. And we've been able to talk, uh, and, and communicate well and work through things. And so we're, I can't believe it. We're pushing a year together and look, I'm not engaged or married. Can you believe that? <laughs> I told one of my best friends that I grew up with that this week. I was like, I hope you're proud of me. Um, ben and I have been together for almost a year and I'll have, you know, I'm not engaged or married. You know, my ex-husband and I met and were engaged and married within about, I don't know, four months of knowing each other, <laughs> which is dumb. I know that there would be like, my mom and dad met and got married in three weeks and they've been married for 40 years. Okay. I know that that can happen. I understand, but overwhelmingly more so it's stupid. Okay. It's stupid. You shouldn't do that. You don't know somebody. You don't know that person in four months. I feel like a year into our relationship, I know him pretty well, but there's there's still time. We still need time. And we both were, we both spent a lot of months very cautious, very reserved, very just, you know, kind of at a distance from each other because of a lot of fear, a lot of fear, a lot of fear of being hurt, a lot of fear of making, you know, the wrong, wrong decisions again. And so we are, I feel like at least we are getting finally to the point of being like confident and more comfort, which is, Maybe to some people, like, God, it took you a year. Yeah, it did because we both had a lot of trauma that we brought into this relationship. And so it took a lot of time to heal and to learn. And, you know, not, you know, I felt like I went into the relationship healed individually, but it's a different, uh, it's a different type of healing to heal through a relationship and to heal with somebody else. And then there obviously are scenarios that come up and have to be addressed within a relationship that you're not going to experience single. And so there's been situations like that where it's like, crap, I thought I had already dealt with this, but this is a whole different, you know, feeling a whole different situation dealing with it with you. And so working through that, but Anyway, how are y'all doing? Tell me everything. I hope you're okay. I hope you're healthy. I hope you um, are working and doing the things that you want and need to do. I will, I am planning to, no guarantees, no promises. I am planning to, like I said, put in some time and try to come up with a more organized and maybe potentially more professional way to continue this podcast into 2021. I enjoy it. Um, and like I said, when my cousin said something to me last weekend, wake up, I was like, man, I do really enjoy it. I do really like being able to, I do really love being able to talk about myself, <laughs> says the narcissist. No, I'm not. I'm not a narcissist. No, I do. The, like the whole premise of this podcast from day one has been like, I feel like I have all these experiences and all these stories in my life and I want to pass things on. Like I want to help people. I want people to hear my experiences and my stories. And even if it's something very, very specific and very pointed, like you know, medication related or advocating for your medical needs or whatever, like maybe if there's just one person that hears that and it helps them, like that means the world to me and that's everything to me and that's all I've ever wanted from day one of starting this podcast. So, you know, my pitch has always been like, let me tell you about my life. So you basically, so you don't make the same mistakes that I have. Um, and hopefully I can help somebody along the way. So that's all for today. Wrapped it up on a tight hour. I'm going to do some work and then, uh, we'll see if I catch up with y'all in January. Merry Christmases. Happy holidays. Happy, uh, what is it called? 
Hanukkahs, um, Happy New Year. Thank God. I don't know why everybody's so pumped up about this year being over. Listen, spoiler alert, 2021 is going to be exactly the same. <laughs> COVID ain't gone. Still here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe with the vaccine, things will chill out. I don't, I don't know about no va- I don't know about that vaccine though. It makes me kind of nervous. Um, and so happy new year and stay safe and I love y'all and I'll, I'll see you the next time. Hopefully it'll be, uh, hopefully next year won't be a quarterly recording. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Bye.